you were saying this lineup is stacked? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Game 24 has uh, some real heavyweights in it. I'm just kind of crunching through it right now, but we got Nikal, Nico GB, and North Abbott in the same lineup. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's too much skill in one table. It's, it's <laughs> insane. I don't know Tree Fence is the fourth player. Um, yeah, they're but, doing real good as the uh, Vagabond right now. Which Vagabond are they? Are they the Tinker? Tinker, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's intense. Are they winning as the Tinker right now? Yeah, so but yes. it, it was just their turn. Ah, I see. Pulling ahead and then waiting for it to come all the way back around. And Nico GB's God of War decree is clean. Mm-hmm. Three bird recruits, three bird battles, two bird builds, and then just suited moves. Jeez. <laughs> this, is an, this is an intense one. I mean, we're going a little bit out of order, but I really had to say that this lineup, I don't know how this worked out, but... They're amazing players, and <laughs> this is so cool to see. This is why you need a loser's bracket, you know? Because everyone oh, yeah. here deserves another game. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if we've talked about the format too much, but the fact that it is a true double elimination tournament where you have an extra life to play with really does make a big difference. It's also nice they removed the nuance of like people trying to remember or figure out who already won a game and that playing of meta factor, which is, yeah. I think, annoying in a game of Root. Oh yeah, there's already enough like king making. Yeah, when it when it comes down to the very very end. Yeah, I want it to be based on someone who screwed you recently, not two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this game is the one that matters. Yeah, <laughs> I do like that a lot as well. Yeah, I was thinking about king making. Um, actually, I was reviewing some of the tournament games. And uh, what are your criteria for king making? Is it just like who has been the nicest to me during this game it's got to be the worst position to be in as a player for me especially in this game it's just like i don't want to make this decision yeah i kind of i want there to be some objective measure but it has to be subjective at the end of the it's day who, it's it's the person i am angry at the least probably <laughs> okay. i think it's a decision between you and your god you know whether you go for a bunch of points knowing that that's going to give somebody the lead and being like hey i wanted to score as many points as possible or also just being like, I'm not even going to take a turn because I don't want to influence the outcome of the game. Like, whatever you got to do to sleep at night. I think all answers are perfectly acceptable. You know? I disagree. I think that some answers are not correct. Those two <laughs> examples are particularly distasteful, Sam. <laughs> I just like, like I thought I was always think of an example where it's like uh, you have to like attack somebody and who you choose is the person who doesn't get king made. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. There, there is a little bit of like ring around the rosy, um, you know, you hit the next person who could do it yeah. <laughs> and then I hope think, that it comes all the way back around. Yeah, I think it turn orders a factor. I think also what sets you up in case things go awry. Yes, that's yeah. that's also the big thing, right? It's like I always assume that these uh, theoretical questions just assume that I can't make it in. But I really, you know, it's a real I don't believe in the no win situation. Yeah, well, it's, it's it's kind of interesting. I think, like, giving yourself the best shot possible, to me, that seems like an objective way to approach that question, right? And so, in, in that frame of mind, it's like, score as many points as you can, right? Doesn't that set you up the best? Theoretically, right? I mean, depends on the, the faction situation. Right, yeah, you always got to be, like, a little bit protective of your stuff, you know? Don't go crazy just to score random points that don't matter. But my, my thinking, though, too, is that, like, I kind of want to reward somebody who took a risk on their faction choice. Mm, like, okay. 
If they played the lizards or something? Yeah, of course. You king make lizards. I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We king make lizards, then it's turn order, then it's your own shot at winning. Okay, that's the hierarchy. <laughs> when it's an objective thing of like, you can't win. Your measurement is who are you most impressed by their risk taking, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you put it like that, now I kind of hate that too. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I, I just don't know. I think all like right, they're all your enemies in here, you know? We're talking about a lot of abstracts, okay? Yeah. And a lot of like theoreticals. Here's what happens in every game. If you're playing with the Woodland Alliance, then people freak out about the Woodland Alliance wanting to spread as much sympathy as you can because they're leaving too many cardboard points for the faction that might win, right? This totally. happens in every Woodland Alliance game, basically. Yeah. And that's why I hate playing the Woodland Alliance, because I feel the pressure of I'm putting cardboard out there for other people to take. But you know what? That's how the faction works. <laughs> yeah. That's how you score points. <laughs> yeah. Like, I have to score points. And also, when you remove that, I get cards. So yes. It's also one I point. I have to do it. Like, you'll live. Well, you know, it's like when it's the end of the game and it's Well, like, yeah, but that's we all exist in the end of the game. I like, know, yeah. exactly. Like I just feel like these things always have a context. And so I've never really felt like I'm in a true king making position. I totally mm. feel the same way. I don't think I've ever been in a true king making situation. Because I always assume that there was gonna be a flub the next turn that like yeah. I can I can recover. It is a real Kobayashi Maru situation. Like there is an option if you believe in it. Even mm-hmm. if you still lose. Yeah. I mean, it's a real uh, kangaroo situation. Couldn't agree more. I just feel like that a lot of times people are like, oh, yeah, like king making. I just feel like in route, usually it's a pretty clear choice. And we're all victims of the entanglement. Like, there's only so much I can do to prevent someone from winning the game. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like the question is just a, a real nesting doll situation. Mm-hmm. Where, like, the more layers that you explore, the, like, more layers there are to the question. W- one thing that I like to think about, though, is if I stop one winner, does that, in effect, king make somebody else? And if stopping that one winner, that's, like, a for sure thing, mm-hmm. is going to potentially get me to that next turn, even if it the effect of that king makes somebody else... To me, I'm like, I'm only one faction at a table mm-hmm. of four. Like, I, this is as much as I can do. And maybe if I, like, hamper this person enough with the turn order thing, like, they'll be incentivized to then go on and stop the winner. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So you just got to, like, you have to be weirdly short-sighted, I think, about kingmaking in, yeah. in a sense. And be thinking long-term, too. Root is hard. It's a real root is hard telescoping situation i mean uh so like there's a lot of king making an oath right oh yeah yeah yeah. like i think it's even more like on the surface yes it's very clear like (laughs) oh i said i'm going to win if it gets to my turn and this is the case okay so we have to change what the case is with that player (laughs) but then someone right after them has a different condition and so it's like okay well can we do them both no okay now we get to choose because that mm-hmm. will actually matter in next games and stuff. Like Oath embraces that uh, king making aspect where Root, I feel like it happens. And definitely, if people are afraid of king making, I wouldn't recommend Root to them. But uh, from my taste, it's not it's not a problem in Root. It's not. I t- I tend to agree, and it's also not a problem that you run into until it is like 
at the death. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's happening, like, yeah. right now. The point is, like, there were points earlier on in the game. There were battles you didn't take earlier on in the game, right? Yeah. Like... Yeah, yeah. So Someone has to win this game. When is the king-making, you know? Like, yeah. The king-making is generally also in a situation where multiple people can win. Therefore, it was probably a good game up until this point. Mm -hmm. Totally. Absolutely. So live in the past. Really relish where you were instead of where you are. <laughs> sure. <laughs> if you could just stop time, then it would solve the problem. <laughs> Remember back when none of us had won? Those good times. <laughs> but speaking of the Root Winner Tournament, we should uh, maybe kick into a little bit of Root News. <laughs> Root News! That's right. The winter tournament continues apace. There have been so many games. Not quite as many as we had last time. Thank goodness. Uh, but Garrick and Lily are just like churning through these games right now. It is so awesome. Let's start off with game 19. This took place on the autumn map. And as you can see, this is going to start our world tour of maps. We had a nice variety in this uh, stretch of games, which I love. So game 19 on the autumn map, we had a shout out. First of all, to Bonsai. What up, Bonsai? Hey, Bonsai. One of the leaders of the community root game, which was just such a special time. Uh, Bonsai played as the thief on the autumn map, which was a great choice, had a great game. Um, but ultimately, hats are off to Randy, who won with the Eerie Dynasties. Eerie Dynasties on a little bit of a tear. Yeah, you your fault, partially. Like... This is a bias in the reporting, I think. <laughs> I contributed to the streak, for sure. I mean, you're wearing uh, but... a bird outfit right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've adopted a new religion uh, <laughs> since then. You're sitting on a nest. <laughs> well, I'm convinced that my late game flub um, was only rescued by a higher power. So <laughs> I've now devoted my life to, to um, our one true bird deity. <laughs> I think that's reasonable. Yeah, I'm having two kids every year now. That's my, <laughs> that's my goal. A different cities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Game 20, we had the mountain map. And game 20 was actually kind of a weird game. And it's, it's the reason I brought up the whole kingmaking discussion was um, partly as a response to this game. Um, there was an opportunity for one of the players playing the duchy uh, to win the game on their turn. And... Instead, a few things kind of just got a little bit like off about the turn. And in the words of Garrick, it was like a cascade of sort of things started happening with this duchy turn. And uh, and Pat couldn't close it out. He could get to 28 points. He could get to 29 points, but he could not cross the threshold. And when I you think say when you say things happen, do you mean like they kind of misordered some of their operations in a way that hamstrung them from doing what they wanted to with the points exactly right yeah okay. there was like a situation with like the warriors being sure moved into a certain spot and then that like kind of locked Did out rule? yeah sure sure that's yeah. that's and very possible and this is a game that had a ton of meeples on the board as I oh recall, right? yeah it was there were warriors quite everywhere chaotic. yeah yeah it was it was really a it was a close game it was really really close everyone was playing extremely well um and it was a real lizard sawmill yeah yeah <laughs> But it's a duchy game. It requires a lot of precision at the end to, to cross the finish line. And, um, you know, I can attest to this at the end of a game of route where you're making really high level decisions for four straight hours and trying to stay engaged with like table talk and you're managing your own soup. <laughs> yeah, cooking situation. Uh, <laughs> it can be a lot. It can be a lot to juggle. So, uh, you know, uh, definitely... Not knocking this person's play at all, but 
Um, really oh, just yeah, wanted no. to say that yeah. the win was almost there. And oh. so, but in the wake of that, Pat was left with the decision of like, well, I'm, I know I can't win with this turn now. Like, what do I spend my turn on? Ah, yeah. <laughs> and there was okay, like multiple so they, yeah, they people. They realized midway they weren't going to do it. So they're like, now yeah. what do I pour my resources into? And everybody else was in striking distance, theoretically. Exactly. And that's oh. when the table talk kind of kicked up. This was like a mega turn, kind of partially for this reason. Okay. There's like a lot of time calculating, being like, okay, I don't have it. I actually don't have it no matter what I do. So <laughs> what do I do now? And making that kind of pivot, especially at the end of a root game, is yeah. like, I just don't envy that. Yeah decision-making position that's just very tough uh but it ended up swinging towards charosku who won it as the cats in seat one on mountain map nice love a cat's win nice cats victory really really um hard fought and just really stayed in the game the whole way and uh saw through to the end and that extra turn made a big difference Mm -hmm. all right game 21 we are back on the winter map the most popular map of this year's winter tournament crazy and on winter map, we had another eerie victory. Once again, we had a no turmoil, charismatic kind of God of War style game. And uh, Bodison, uh, root vet and just incredible player all rounder. Congratulations on your win, Bodison. Nice job. Why is winter so popular? I think it's because it's the most balanced map. Yeah. And I think it, it kind of locks out the Woodland Alliance. I think it's kind of the mm, yeah. real secret sauce about this map. And there's yep. places to hide, and then you have a lot to fight over in the middle, and just, it's it's a nice size for a game of root. To I me, think. it feels like the the math is the easiest, right? There's, like, the least amount of paths, and so there's a the least amount that is of true. options. Yeah, it is quite constrained in terms of movement. Largely not even for yourself, but for you calculating your enemy's options which always takes a lot of brain bandwidth right and so that bandwidth doesn't need to be as wide i guess we'll talk about this as well during the drafts portion of this episode but i think with winter map it it hurts the insurgent factions because it's not very connected so for example the corvids right will have kind of a tough time in winter map because you know they uh, recruit their warriors and then they have to like do a lot of movement to get them all together and it's kind of tough Woodland Alliance traditionally tends to struggle on winter map. But the lizards have an okay time. Yeah. But the thing is, is it's just not a big map. So <laughs> everyone's right next to the lizards yeah. when they try and take over it. So it hurts the insurgent factions like that. And then equally on the other side, the red factions also are hurt on the winter map because everything's so close and there's a lot of choke points to try and get through. So you're fighting over the same clearings. And uh, it's just really, really hard to like carve out enough space and in fact in winter map if you're able to carve out a large space for yourself usually that's a good sign that you're going to win the game mm-hmm. all right anyway congrats to bodison for that eerie victory on winter map it's great i like to say it, it oppresses everyone equally <laughs> <laughs> game 22 we ventured over to the lake map love the lake map the next time i get to pick a map maybe i shouldn't like throw the football into the future but I'm going to say it. I want to play on the lake map more, so I'm going to pick it if I get the chance. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. We don't, it's the least picked, right? I think it is the least popular map. I think, uh, I'd have to check the stats, but it's winter map by a mile. And then it's pretty close between autumn and mountain. I think mountain is slightly edging out autumn right now. In Garrick's draft, the first player picks the map. Yes. And then, uh, seat one picks the map and then they pick their faction last. Yeah, so to me, that makes a lot of sense of why it's winter. 
Because on Lake, there are some bad places to start. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you're going, you're the most likely to get that spot. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mountain you could get screwed over on setup for, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so Lake Map, this, this game was fun. It was quite long, but it was really fun. And uh, I have to give just a, a real tip of the hat to Nitro Rev, who played as the Corvid Conspiracy. And Woo. Uh, you guys, you got to go watch this game. It's it's so good. It's so good. First of all, Nitro Rev is a table talker and oh, yeah. had a lot of moments that he was able to like nudge this way and that. And especially with the faction like the Corvids, it was it really worked to his benefit. And um, he in the last game that we all played together where I was the Corvids, um, I would use the strategy of just like get out to a really early hot start and then just claw and scratch my way <laughs> towards the finish line. Here, Nitro Rev took it a little more kind of uh, a subtle approach and hung and shaded his points and he stayed with the pack for a minute and then just popped up. He got to like 28 points and the table had like stopped him dead. I and mean, maybe got to like 26 and then he got like a, had like a two point turn. Yeah. The table had like basically stopped him in his tracks. But somehow the turn came back around and it was Nitro Rev at 28 points at the Corvids. Loaded up on crafted improvements and had just had to believe in the heart of the dice yeah. to carry him through. And he got he got the rolls he needed across the finish line. So congrats, Nitro Rev, for an excellent Corvid victory. Yeah, really, really entertaining game. Yeah, it was close. <laughs> it was not a guaranteed thing. I had listened to some of it, I think, in the middle. I don't. I think I missed the ending, but he, I remember him talking, because it was the moles in the Lord of the Hundreds. He had to, like... Yes, yeah, Lord of the Hundreds had an amazing game. He had to, like, keep pitting them against each other constantly. Yeah, I think the Lord of the Hundreds was on track for a lot of it, and then just Nitro just didn't stop being... Nitro was always kind of in the lead, but barely, right? I feel like he was always just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good. Yeah, do check out that game as well. Some great table talk for sure. That one was quite fun. Game 23 happened on the mountain map. It was the Cats, the Otters, the Badgers, and the Alliance. This was another game where there was just a ton of warriors on the field at all times. (laughs) Yeah, this one was intense. There was like huge like football teams just glaring at each other. And the keep uh, was in the Lost City. Yes. yes. Dead center of the map. Nice big bold move. And there were a lot of uh, back and forth points, but like there weren't a lot of fights necessarily until the very end it's like the numbers just kept growing and this was a uh, there were some odd situations too where like evelyn who was another uh, seat one cats pick which that's always a dangerous thing on mountain map to, yeah. to give that to the cats uh evelyn she went out to stop the woodland alliance and that left the keep under defended but instead of destroying the keep um aquaman boss as the keepers and iron decided to let it live so that the cats could stay in the game and continue to stop the to alliance. To be the police, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which which seemed like a crazy alliance, given that, like, it was by far the cats and Aquaman bosses, the badgers, like, well ahead of the otters and the alliance, right? Well, the cats were out to a big lead, and everyone else was kind of, like, in the middle. Yeah. And this, it was just kind of an interesting choice, because, like, do you keep the lid on the alliance and get those two cardboard points and take away the cat's superpower, the leading faction? <laughs> <laughs> seat one or do you bide your time and let it live and aquaman boss made made that call this is maybe like 
just over halfway into the game and I mean, Root is crazy, guys. That, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a wild decision to make. That is the thing that I've noticed the most about all these tournament games. It's like the point at which the big things happen is sometimes way earlier than I expect and also yeah. far, far later. Like, it's not, there's not consistency in that. The swings happen at different times. Like, I, it's kind of hard to define what is mid-game and late-game in this because they really collide based on the factions and what's going on. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I think uh, that's some people's criticism of Root, right? Is that the game can end with somebody making a shoe, <laughs> right? Like that's the big climactic moment. Um, but that's, I mean, as people that really read this game and love it so much, I think it's really interesting that like the most pivotal moment in the game could be turn three and it doesn't have to be at the end. And it's on you as a player to understand at all times how valuable each takeover of a clearing could be in the like, you know, domino Scheme effect of it, that, yeah. that, that mm -hmm. unfolds. So yeah, understanding the real like weight of things that happened is very important. And as a seasoned player, pretty much of any game, I feel like you have a kind of a spidey sense about about these things um, in in my tournament game, it was like almost this joke of like someone would do something really small and I'd be like, whoa. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's like this idea taken to the extreme is like every tiny thing like is super impactful. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I did want to shout out Orinoco uh, as the Woodland Alliance had, had a great game, but we're bearing the lead here. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman boss managed to clinch it out with, I think like an 11 point turn at the end. It was, it was excellent. And it was it, he landed at precisely 30 victory points yeah. it was not a penny more or a penny less it was just dead on <laughs> the cat's Aquaman player boss yeah Ugh. evelyn must have been very frustrated because evelyn was i think within striking distance so yeah it was nice. oh absolutely yeah if it would have gone back around to the cats that would have definitely been a cat's win but yeah aquaman boss just had the numbers calculated it out um probably had multiple paths i'd have to go back and rewatch the vod but still pulled it out did an amazing job and that was the very first keepers and iron victory yes. yeah of winter tournament 2023 they got one that's awesome and for those uh at home keeping track yes the idea of aquaman boss and water man going against each other that possibility is still alive oh they can <laughs> exist in the same universe well no one's ever seen it actually okay got some it. people are saying did kyle get two entrants into the tournament you know um <laughs> But Aquaman <laughs> boss was a finalist in last year's tournament as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And an incredible player mm -hmm. um, as demonstrated here, man, picking the keepers is intimidating in a tournament situation where people are watching, right? It's, it's a com complex faction. You can easily mess it up and lock yourself out of the game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it, it can be difficult. Yeah. I, I really want to pick the keepers, but I just, the situation has to be right. I yeah. think. And mountain map is, I think, a great um, a great map for the Keepers and Iron. Yeah. Well, and then hot off the presses, game 24 here played on the, you guessed it, winter map <laughs> uh, featured uh, the Keepers and Iron, the Eerie Dynasties, the Tinker, and the Lizard Cult. Yeah, definitely an insurgent-ish insurgent kind of game. Yeah, uh, we had a God of War Eerie, and that uh, decree was clean. Nico GB, shouts out to Nico. With this tidy God of War decree here, Nico GB, of course, was the last year's winter tournament winner. 
Um, we've got Tree Fence with The Tinker, uh, North Abbott with a great Lizards game. Oh, North Ni- Abbott, yeah. And then Nick Al with The Badgers, uh, kind of uh, they got picked on in the mid game there. And as a result, Tree Fence. The Tinker. The Tinker. The Tinker. Oh, no. It, uh, yeah. Yeah. Guess what, guys? Tinker's back. All right. (laughs) Here to take some names. Oh, no. Does Tinker have a fan? Does Tinker have any fans? I don't think so. Maybe only detractors, probably, at this point. (laughs) That's unreal. That's absolutely unreal. Um, but maybe some just desserts, as we all remember. Nico GB did win with the Vagabond in the final of last year's uh, Root Winter Tournament, which you participated in, Sam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. <laughs> yeah. How could I forget? Okay. <laughs> Here we are, folks. Welcome to Woodland War Machine. Here we are. It is uh, another sequel episode. We are doing drafts and drafts. One sec. I have to get. I have to get something. Oh shoot! I actually have to as well. One second. Oh shoot! Oh shoot! I have to get something. Sam, I see you brought two. Are you going to open them both at once for surround sound? <laughs> no, I just didn't want to keep having to leave to get another one. I understand. Know. I understand. Uh, all right. Welcome. Wait, hold on. Welcome to drafts. And drafts. Oh my gosh, Sam, your glugging sounds really medically concerning. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, Jake, what? uh, Here's what I'd like uh, for drafts and drafts. Okay. We should use one of the maps with the clearing numbers. Yes, I think that's a good idea because then we can incorporate where people started once they've drafted. So you well, know where their homeland w- clearings are? I re-listened to the drafts episode to be like, what was it like? And it's mm-hmm. us being like, oh, yeah, and then you could go to that rabbit clearing. <laughs> Listeners, we'll attach a map. Just look at the map. <laughs> did we um, attach a map? Yeah, I, I don't know if we did. I didn't look at the description, but <laughs> you did promise that, and I assumed you did it. You're really good about that. So I think what we, sh- we should do, attach the screenshots also, but this way with the numbers, it'll be easier to follow. Okay, uh, so create multiplayer public. The game name is Party. The password is WWM. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm <laughs> going to keep that in there. And if you think you can join and the game's still up, get on in here. <laughs> Welcome to Advanced Setup. What are we going to do for this? So we'll do Sam first, Jake second, Kyle third, which is the inverse of the draft order. Sam, what map do you want to choose? Well... I don't know which factions are in here, right? Correct. No faction choices have been made. We're going to do map first, right? Uh, I'll go lake. I want Kyle to have his wish. Okay, nice. Okay. We're going to go exiles and partisans for sure. Should we just do a random landmark? Um, yeah, let's do a random landmark. Lost City. Yeah, hey. baby. Now, where does it go? And uh, the ferry is in here since we're doing lake. Too. Right. This doesn't replace True. the ferry like it would. Yeah, I mean, the tower is not there anymore, essentially. Last player in turn order sets up the landmark. Okay. So for Lost City, basically, I'm just going to place the Lost City oh. in a oh in a clearing on the river. That's right. 
So placing the lost city in a clearing on the river or on the lake, as it would well be known. I think I'm going to just place it in this mouse clearing. Hey friends, Sober Jake here. I might have forgotten to take a screenshot of this particular map when we were building it. So I'll just let you know that the description of the pod does have a link to this map. Although while the clearing numbers are accurate, the suits might not be. I did my best to recreate it from memory. So apologies. But anyway, the next two have accurate pictures. All right, back to the show. All right. And our three hirelings, uh, because we're doing a three-player draft right now, two of them are promoted. One of them is demoted. We've got The Last Dynasty, The Furious Protector, John. and R- Rat Smugglers. John. Wow. Uh, so, Kyle, you get to set up one of those. And then, okay. Jake, you will set up the other one. I am going to set up The Last Dynasty. does have to be on an edge. Right here. Brutal. <laughs> All right, Jake, uh, choose any clearing for the protector. So hold on, just to be clear, I've set them up in, what is that, clearing four? Three? Uh, four, four, four. Now, the Furious Protector will not behead anybody from the Eerie, from the last dynasty, because they're That's not a correct. player, right? Yeah, just some yeah. meanie, meanie hirelings here. Uh, let's put him in 11. All right. He's not going to hit anybody in 11, but he's going to move and then hit somebody somewhere else. It's going to be right next to the lake. Ooh. Just like that. Well, Ooh. it kind of makes it kind of makes the top area a little precarious, but it also has the lost city. All right. All right. And we should say uh, what our faction draft is looking like so far. First of all, Wimmies, cheers. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Here we go. We're on Lake Map. We got a couple of hirelings, such as the Last Dynasty and the Furious Protector and Rat Smugglers. And in our draft, we have the Marquise de Cat. The Vagabond, specifically the Thief. We have the Woodland Alliance and the Underground Duchy. We only have four because there's only three of us. So uh, I've got first pick here, uh, going third. And wow, with the Lost City in play, I think I'm going to go with the Underground Duchy. Yeah. Tell us your thinking, Kyle. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to tell you yet. No, I'm not going to play like, the game. <laughs> mess with it. Okay, well, here, here's what I'm thinking for the, the duchy on this map is I think that by setting up first, I can kind of carve out an area of the map to be in right next to the lost city mm-hmm. and be relatively immune from the Furious Protector and uh, the Last Dynasty, at least for a little while. Hopefully, if I get set up in the lost city or thereabouts, it would mean that I could possibly go for a greedy strat to gain access to one of these hirelings early. Mm. So if it would be possible, I would try and rush it. Hopefully try and beat the cats. What would your method of rushing be? Do you have a good hand for it? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a good hand for um, for the duchy. Okay. Um, it would mainly be from crafting a building. See, that's what I'm wondering. You're crafting a building, and then there's two factions that are pretty good at thinning people out here. Actually, I mean, I three? guess, but like on turn one, 
no 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 not turn one not, to... no 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 you're right no no you can you can get the rush i'm just saying you're gonna lose a building later because of some of the aggression of what's out here necessarily. that is probably true yeah that, that's likely now you are going up against cats thief and alliance that's really good for you actually because there's there's not a whole lot of aggression in there necessarily like right off the bat Right. So, True. but yeah. the but the hirelings are another story where I feel like they're all going to be pointing at pointing at you. So, uh, the duchy is one of those factions that's not locked to the edge of uh, the board or to an edge clearing. So, I can go ahead and just set myself straight up on the lost city, which is cool. Putting two warriors in the lost city, and then five warriors as evenly as possible all round. All right, so you're setting up in 10 with the Lost City. Very nice. That's where your tunnel is, and then you've got a yep. couple of moles up in 7 and in 8. With one more in 2. Uh, all right, so that brings the turn order option to me. Well, I have <laughs> a frustrating hand because it's so good for Woodland Alliance. But a turn, a hand that's good for Woodland Alliance early on needs to be used for other things than themselves oh you're saying you got good craftables yeah man i got propaganda bureau i got corvid planners <laughs> i got tunnels hey propaganda bureau you're gonna make up that tempo back for sure yes that's true and i mean i feel like i feel like thief is a little bit of the play given given the immunity to the fear from the furious protector right and the last dynasty's there, but as we've talked about in the previous episodes, it's kind of easy to back handspring away from them when you're a nimble little thief. So this this feels like a vagabond choice for me. I personally would rather play the alliance. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, on a three-player map, I feel like the alliance is not bad. I mean, it's good for vagabond for similar reasons, right? right. Less, less um, faction presence to check you. Yes, yes. You know, in the interest of in the interest of seeing like how this actually plays against Sam, I'm gonna choose. Well, I'm just assuming Sam's gonna take the cats. All right, I'm gonna take alliance. I'm gonna take alliance because okay, I want to see what's possible with it. So go ahead and set up your supporters. Looks like you got them there, and uh, you're done with setup. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to be thief. Yeah. But guess what? Yeah. That means Kyle wins with rabbit dominance. Yes. <laughs> I've been in this draft before. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. I was hoping I was forcing your hand a little. I wasn't sure. Yeah, you are. I have to pick cats, and I have a terrible hand for cats. Ooh, okay. But you get to go first. This is bad. <laughs> See, you're in a particularly bad situation because we've locked up the north with interesting, you know, um, obscurities. But, like, you have uh, interesting, like, objects in your way but <laughs> there's little mobility in the south yeah and there's little there's very few building uh slots uh kyle what counts as a homeland for you one home just clearing 10 is i'm going to put my three homelands in eight two and seven okay so these are the three Whoa. adjacencies to four which are where kyle placed his initial uh tunnel and two moles in the lost wow city. that is i think this is a cool play Nuts. Yeah. That is really crazy. Okay. Guys, I kind of want to just play this. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to yeah. do the episode. Oh, and I'm doing the new cool thing, which is to put a fox crafter in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's the meta for sure. Yeah, with the cool kids at home, 
All of a sudden, dominance is viable can... and fox crafters are in. I'll never understand you, but um, <laughs> uh, actually, I, I'm going to switch these. So I put my keep and my workshop in clearing two, which is a fox clearing. My sawmill in clearing eight, which is a fox clearing. And my recruiter in seven, which is a rabbit clearing. Wow. Um, All right. And watch out, folks, because I drew both informants. So. Oh, <laughs> wow. Watch out. Okay. And then what uh, cards did everyone end up keeping? Yeah. Um, pretty brutal there, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle uh, okay. has a fox ambush, coffin makers, and root tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was going to have a great first turn. That's, that's for sure. Were you going to put a building down first turn? Um, yeah. I was. Yeah. Because that way I could craft a root tea and sway a minister as well. Mm -hmm. And show off that, uh, that fox ambush. Nice. And I wasn't sure if I was going to just move or if I was going to like battle something and try and go for the third third point. Right. Or for the uh, fourth point, I mean. I was not sure how to do that exactly. I mean, I could get it off of the alliance, I guess, if I could get two battles, but I doubt they would start by spreading over this way. I don't know. This would have been an interesting game. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And early, a turn one coffin makers would have been really insane fun. right now. Yeah. Could you have done it? Yeah. Oh, right. Lost city. Lost city. Could have just built twice, yeah. crafted I... coffin makers and just ruined my game. Well, all right. So <laughs> what I probably would have done as the person going first is I probably would have just marched this cat over here. Card, baby. Uh-huh. Drawn a card yep. and then just tried, tried to delete some moles. You know, sure. Yeah, yeah. Turn one, um, and I didn't. I had a counter ambush ready in the lost city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I didn't have much of a cat's game other than just like build overwork build here. <laughs> um, I just kind of wanted to take up the same space as the moles, um, thinking that if they're going to turtle up, I'm going to uh, make sure I get those clearings first. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's a good plan. I think I got kind of checkmated in this setup. I also had saboteurs that I kept, and yeah. I think it'd just be a, a talking point for most of the early game, for sure. Especially if you craft it, it If you turn. just craft saboteurs on turn one? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if you craft coffin makers turn one. Well, you, <laughs> you wouldn't craft that, Propaganda though. Bureau turn one, Jake. <laughs> yeah. That's what yeah, I would have done if I were you. And then craft saboteurs the next That's turn. what I would try to do. Yeah. That's that well, would be game over well, for us. Well, let's see the supporters. Oh, you you're going to love it, guys. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Oh man, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, right. Here. It is um, mouse, rabbit, and bird. Jeez. Yeah, you're crafting anything you want and just getting entrenched. I mean, propaganda bureau, but that's so much heat. As soon as I pra craft propaganda bureau, you guys are just staring at me. Considering you already have guns pointing at each other at point blank range. Well, we're not going to be moving a lot. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's so the thing. It's like all of my supporters are going to come from my hand, and I'm all the things in my hand I want to craft. <laughs> yeah. You could have just done this, this, and this. Yeah. <laughs> Turn one. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty good. Yeah, I think you're hoping you're trying to capitalize off the last dynasty movement. Really? The, yeah. They, I was thinking about be, that. Do they affect that? Yes, yeah. they do because the that's right. You. That's weird stuff, baby. Six, twelve, and five. Yeah, I was thinking about setting up that little cordon. Could be nice. All right. Uh, good draft. Good draft. Good draft. Who um who was winning this game? Do you think? And was it the Woodland Alliance? I mean, your well, no, because your need to reposition will eventually happen, Kyle. So it's a matter of how much it costs you to get there. I think, given this setup, I'm not building 
anything. Yeah, I I think by the time it got to your first turn, that decision would have been made for yes, you. Yes, yes, yeah. And it would really depend on this first roll with the cats yep. and whether you drew a bird and could get an extra action to do whatever. I think Let's Sam's in a really good position for a lot of this game. But I, a move and a battle is kind of weird for cats in turn one instead of just build over work build. So, yeah, I think this one would maybe be a cat's victory if they could keep a lid on the yeah. alliance. But I actually think the Woodland Alliance might be able to get to four points Both first. of you are so good at conserving your movements to be where they want them to be. Like... I think you could ignore some of my outrage easier than you think you could. And also, the Furious Protector doesn't really affect my sympathy or my buildings, which is pretty cool. But the thing we didn't talk about in the episode about John Protector is that, like, none of the sweet battle abilities that any faction has applies to his ability. He simply removes the piece, right? Right. It's not, you know, Devout Knights doesn't help. Guerrilla Warfare doesn't help. So, like, those defensive edges that you think you have don't apply with him. And that applies to, I mean, mainly with my Guerrilla Warfare. If, like, I'm setting up for an organizer and I didn't have enough actions in the turn to get it done, he at least slices the head off of one rebel. True. And would trigger outrage and and all that. Now, do we think about this? The Protector is a pawn. Does it count towards rule at all? No. Uh, no. Pawns do no. not contribute towards rule. No, it just towers over the clearing. It doesn't actually rule it. <laughs> That's fun. Awesome. Shall we do another? Yeah, let's re-roll. Oh, I don't think I have um, permissions. Jake, can you promote me? What previous experience do you have in a promoted <laughs> capacity? <laughs> let's change the turn order. Okay. How do we do that? We randomize. All right. Kyle, pick a number between 1 and 20. 19. Uh, Sam? 19. You can't pick the same number as Kyle. <laughs> 18. Pick 20. Okay, I will pick 17. All right, the answer is 12. I don't know what that means. I guess I go first. <laughs> Sam, you go second. Kyle, you go third. Wait, that's <laughs> no. It's just right, inverse Kyle and I, or just inverse Sam and I. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get for picking nineteen, Kyle. <laughs> well, I don't know what the I said <laughs> one through twenty was for winning. <laughs> Pick one through twenty, okay? I just picked a number. I didn't know I had to be close to another number. Ten. <laughs> All right, Waterman, join. One through twenty. All right. Can I also pick? What's 10? your sign? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Waterman, what? Oh, no, Jake chooses a map. Uh-oh. Did you Jake? hear the alarm in his voice? <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no, oh, what's he going to do? We're doing some autumn map, baby. Oh. Okay. Wow, my game's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's a familiar classic. All right. Um, let's do a random landmark. Elder Treetop. All right. Last player in turn order sets up the Elder Treetop. So as we all know, the Elder Tree Top will add a building slot to its clearing, and whenever a player removes an enemy building from the Elder Tree Top slot, they score an extra point. Pretty fun. Um, okay, so let's place this in a corner clearing. Now, the, the real choice here is what, which suit do I want there to be an additional uh, building slot in? So I'm going to add the Elder Tree Top to clearing four, the bottom left-hand corner. It's a rabbit clearing. And now there's two building slots. How about that? Wow. Fancy. People are going to be fighting over those. I think so. 
It is adjacent to Clearing 12, uh, the clearing formerly known as Texas. <laughs> Do we want to use hirelings? Sure. Oh, boy. Here we go again. Two promoted, one demoted. We have the Vault Keepers, the Last Dynasty, and the Stoic Protector. What? So, uh, no setup instructions for the Stoic Protector. So, Jake, you get to choose whether you're setting up the Vault Keepers or the Last Dynasty. I get to choose between the two of them. Yes. And I will choose the other. We haven't even talked about the Vault Keepers. <laughs> I can't even listen to the episode of the podcast about this to make an informed decision. Guys, I'll be back in a, in one hour and 38 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll set up the... I'll set up the Dynasty. Yeah. I'm gonna... Heck yeah. I love that the last Dynasty has been in both of our drafts so far. The last Dynasty to me is like... It's such a threat already. <laughs> like, I yeah. just don't want to be near... That thing. So you do have to set it yes, in yes, an I'm, edge I'm clearing. Yeah, some options here. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking I'm gonna put them in six. Okay. Over Interesting. Here in this fox clearing. Yeah, threatening clearing eleven here in the middle. Yeah. Keeping uh, keeping the riffraff out of the right hand side of the map. Boy, setting up hirelings given draft order is a real precarious thing. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to set up the Vault Keepers in Clearing 4 with the Elder Treetop. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's read the Elder Keep. Let's read the Vault Keepers real quick so people know who haven't maybe perused it without listening to our episodes. In setup, <laughs> Sam's going to place two Keeper Warriors and a Vault Building in any clearing with an open building slot. He's done that in uh, Slot 4 with the Elder Treetop. Interesting combo, Sam. Then, mm -hmm. when hired, if no keeper pieces are on the board, place two keeper warriors and a vault building in any clearing. Then, once in daylight first, you may place a vault in a clearing with a vault or adjacent to one. If you cannot, okay. place a warrior and a vault in any clearing. Got it. Then, second, you have two choices. You may battle in each clearing with a vault, or you may place a keeper warrior at each vault. Right. This is another either or where one of them is just recruit. People, and the other one is actually good. Fight, yeah. people. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this one's all about placing these little buildings. There's five of these vaults, and they're, they are building tokens, but it looks like they're just giant safes, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> and given that there are six buildings and six warriors, those safes aren't that safe. <laughs> no, no, very risky and exposed, for sure. But they've got a lot of safes and storage or whatever, I guess. <laughs> they went to the safe store. All right, the faction flop is out. We've got the Marquise de Cat, the Lizard Cult, yes. the Lord of Hundreds, and the Woodland Alliance. Very cool. This is going to be a fun one. All right, and as third seat, I get to choose my faction first. Mm -hmm. Based on my really excellent hand here. I'm glad that in this three-player game that there are three hirelings that have board presence because that makes the rats not such a great pick. No, right? they're a terrible pick now. I don't know. Three, you know, I think rats are, are decent here, but if there were, if there was no extra presence, I feel like they'd be great. All right. I'm going to choose the cats just based on my hand. And because I just don't have any um, good, obvious first turn plays with the Lord of the hundreds. I really was going to, I wanted to choose the Lord of the Hundreds for this map uh, because it's pretty interconnected and kind of I, I thought I would have a decent shot at the ruins but 
I think instead I'm going to go with the cats. Actually, I might put my keep in the corner. Workshop and fox, because that's what the cool kids like to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to put my sawmill in clearing number nine. Number nine. And a recruiter in number 12. And in fact, I'm going to put my sawmill in number 10. Hmm. Um, because that actually pushes the rats further away if they should ever choose to, to spawn. Uh, but if lizards get picked second, then the rats would spawn over by me. So I think I'm going to just do this instead. I think that's easier. Then, yeah, now I'm just going to put some warriors out. And uh, for those of you listening at home, I've got a uh, workshop in clearing one, a sawmill in clearing nine, and a recruiter in clearing 12. So I could have taken additional center space, but I decided against it. All right. Um, I'm choosing lizards because it's fun. But also, I wanted to see if I could pull off some shenanigans here. Oh, in fact, this is looking bad for lizards. I guess I am starting here. So that's the one spot that doesn't make my world end. Sam says here, he means the fox clearing number eight on the bottom left. Yeah, it's a double slot clearing. Um, and then three warriors around there. So we're going to put two here. With the elder treetop in space four, which, by the way, has a keeper building in it. What's it called? A vault. A vault. It's a vault. Ugh. Sam, already regretting your choices. Talk us through it. Okay. Well, here's the deal. I was, I'm trying to remove this uh, vault in the Elder Treetop to score two points. The one you placed there, right. right? The one I placed there, yeah. I'm considering, because I get two acolytes right away, I was considering perhaps going rabbit, hoping I get hated and sanctifying that turn one for two points. That was, that's the kind of cheese I'm looking for. Yeah, that's the good opening of one bonus point that we all want. That well, would be two points, right? Because you would get a point for the cardboard point total. and then an additional yes, one for getting rid of the vault. And then, if you're able to I guess build another garden and score one rabbit card, um, you'd be able to get a hireling on turn one. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I think I got to use my two rabbits to, so I'll show my hand here because this is what went into the decision. So uh, Sam has root T, tunnels, informants, crossbow, and a bird ambush. I think I'd keep these two rabbits and the fox, even though I could t craft that crossbow turn one. But so, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to put the outcast on rabbits, hoping I can get that uh, hated to sanctify that building turn one and kind of build up that I'm going to be in these two clearings. And Eight they protect and each other, and there's not a lot of paths outwards, and the uh, the ones that do go to cats, which feels really safe to me. Um, so that is what I'm doing. Now, you guys have given me quite a choice, because I feel like the warlord here can oppress some clearings by knocking out the cats for sure, but like once the last dynasty comes online, he's just staying right in warlord territory. <laughs> And then once the keepers get replaced, because they teleport around a little bit, because as a reminder, you may place a vault in a clearing with a vault or adjacent to one. And if you cannot, mm -hmm. which is going to happen because 
the lizards are supposedly going to strike at one, you place a warrior and a vault in any clearing. So th- th- there's going to be a lot of heat on the, the hundreds. And I hate to choose the alliance the second time in a row because it gives me <laughs> nothing to talk about with setup again. Uh, but I kind of think I have to. Like, I'm trying to do the hundreds for the sake of the conversation, but, like, it's not an optimal choice, right? Talk me out of this, you two. Like, wh- I think the hundreds would be... Would would suffer a lot, right? but I also think they would make the other factions um, work. Yeah, they, it would put a lot of pressure on the board. Here's, here's actually what I'm thinking, is that the hundreds puts pressure on the cats, and yeah. the alliance yeah. puts pressure on the lizards to go get the cats. Because right. like the cats yeah. are going to have a free game, I think, if I choose the alliance. I'm not a free game, but like yeah. uh, consequence free for the first four rounds, and yeah. that's not good. So, like, th- that's actually yeah. is the reason to choose the Lord of the Hundreds is to, like, m- make the tension at the table higher for the cats who have such good positioning right now. But I don't want to make the sacrifice given that the Eerie are sitting there. Yeah, it's going to be hard to find those oppression points because every clearing's got a cat in it. And then there's a clearing with five very angry birds. Also with the keepers and then the stoic protector coming in, like you're having an uphill battle. Yep. I don't think that the Woodland Alliance is like a great choice here either, because again, it's cats and a non-moving faction. Yes. So uh, again, I think you're going to be trying to get that sympathy from the last dynasty or maybe even the vault keepers. But yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I think the Alliance is probably the better pick here. Yeah, I think so. It's definitely an easier pick, but... Um, like, it's just homework to do the Lord of the Hundreds, and you are going to suffer. Like, yeah. if you are the Hundreds, you really talk to the Lizards, and you say, we got to fix this problem together. I think that's yeah. what you do. But I think the Alliance is the, the wiser choice here. Um, I'm going to set up Nowhere. Uh, I have some supporters. My supporters were a Fox, uh, Fox Folk Steel, a Crossbow, and a Bird Ambush. Yeah, this, this would have been a tough one. I think cats would have also struggled mightily in this game, if I'm going to be honest. Oh, wow. And a handful of ambushes as well. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think the plan was to spend both of these bird cards in my hand and probably battle down some sympathy in the middle and then just try and get some martial law up and running as fast as possible. Yeah. See, my, my plan is probably to hold on to the ambushes and hamstring you early, hoping I can just like start laying out. I guess, does does a battle not occur if I ambush you first? It still occurs, so you have to outrage first. Uh, No, it would end the battle because I would have no warriors. Uh, right. So I would get no outrage. So I shouldn't ambush you preemptively. Unless you want a base there, in which right. case that's fine. But yeah, if you keep both ambushes, you would only be mobilizing one card, which could be could slow you down, you know? The hirelings really determine so much of our choices. Yeah, it, they have a big impact at three for sure. Uh, some themes kind of carried over from the first draft, which yeah. I think include the kind of tragedy of the Lord of the Hundreds in a way. Um, kind of what I was thinking about was like having red factions in the game at the same time is usually a good thing in a three player game to kind of soak up that space. Yeah. But this one turned into a two underdog factions and the cats. <laughs> I guess not two insurgent factions and the cats who are kind of an underdog faction. I just think so much of like, even if the hundreds was in it, the conversation comes about the cats given all the context. Yeah. But now that the Alliance is in it, I think the conversation is basically only about the Alliance. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And you have a bag. That's true. Jake, you have a bag to craft. Jeez. 
I don't think you could get to four points on your first turn. I don't know if I could. Either. Let's say I do though. Let's say or let's say. So let's say like I could. Yeah. Okay. So you potentially could. Let's say Sam gets four points in his first turn. What does he do? Wait, Jake. What are your starting three supporters? Uh, I have. It was a, one of each, right? Yeah, it was one of each. Okay. Yeah. So, and would you be crafting the boot turn one? I think so. Okay. Then my plan wouldn't work. Yeah, it would turn into mouse. Yeah. And then you would have nothing to do. Yeah. Just bank the acolytes. Those, um, acolytes. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. I could crusade. Yeah, I think then guy. it would pass to me, and I would be able to snag a potential first turn. I could rush for a hireling, um, but I don't know if that would help me. <laughs> it doesn't. Like, who are you going to get? Yeah, I could go for a double sawmill opening and get a hireling right away. Yeah, it seems like the game to do that. And start whacking him with the vault keepers? Like, what? Right? I mean, actually, though, that would be kind of cool. Because then that protects you. It would be clocking you. up building slots, which is not great. But I think... I just don't think I'd have enough time to do anything meaningful with the dynasty. So the vault keepers. Yeah, I guess I would, I would go vault keepers. And I would place them in uh, seven. Or is there, a, just, is there a use of having the stoic protector protect you from something? But not really, because the lizards aren't coming after you. Enemies cannot battle or remove faction pieces at the protector. But they can place, so sympathy can be placed. Sympathy can be placed, you're right. Yeah, no, I would maybe start the protector in um, like a clearing 12 or something yeah. and just say you can't, you can revolt there, but you can't remove any of my pieces. <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't get a base. <laughs> you want to do one more with either four or, dare I say, five players? And we kind of talk it out as if we were each in one of the seats? Sure. Let's do a four-player game, yeah. Let's do a four-player game, no hirelings, new map. Okay. And we talk about it as if we're together in the seat. Yeah. Honestly, as I'm, I'm so sorry to all the Wimmies. I feel like as soon as I'm in this draft mode, I'm like in go time. Like I am not. <laughs> I'm not as articulate as I would be no, ordinarily. I'm, I'm literally thinking about all the things I'm saving in my head. You know, I'm like, okay, <laughs> right? and if it's outcast, okay. You know, as opposed to saying these things out loud is things you're not supposed to do so yeah i mean one one thing to keep in mind too is that it was autumn map and the woodland alliance is just a great pick on autumn yeah. map in general because it's super well connected yeah that's true um and so i don't know i think jake's idea that the cats were going to be the talking point is probably eventually going to be true but i think the onus would have been on us to stop the alliance because i think if cats go for a double sawmill opening on that map it's going to get punished by the eerie by the last dynasties Eventually. The last dynasties, they're hard to control, though. It's not like it's like a move in a battle every time. It's like if they rule it, then they battle twice or whatever. You know what I mean? Like Right. But it's autumn maps so that's really well connected. Yeah, it's true. Which means that it's going to get to under-defended cats buildings very quickly. <laughs> I did appreciate having a hireling that put out buildings in that three-player matchup it's against the cats. Interesting. Right? It's cool. Yeah. yeah, I think that would be a great way to check the cats for sure. Yeah. I was thinking about using it to check the lizards, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought about that too. Like, and then I saw where you, you know, I chose where they were going to be. And then I saw where you put your homelands and it's like, oh, I can't put my homeland in that clearing I wanted. Did I just take up a double rabbit clearing that I needed? You know, cause you were also adjacent to the other ones. So I was like, uh Oh, I had thought of putting one of the vaults in 
the mouse clearing adjacent to your homeland. But then I was like, I could just put it in your homeland <laughs> and make it really awkward for you. I think we got to do this manually. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we got to go off script. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll be eighth player. Cool. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start with a classic red faction here. And it's the Eerie Dynasty. Nice. You'll love to see it. Then we've got the Marquise de Cats. Mm-hmm. The Whoa. Rats. The Vagabond, specifically the Ranger. Okay. And is this locked? No. Uh, no. Nope, not yet. The If the last one is an Insurgent Faction, that one is locked. Okay, no locked. Whoa. All okay, right, so it's a bloodbath. Woo, okay. Yeah, these are all fighty factions here. Are we choosing a map first or no? Uh, yeah, you choose a map first. We chose the winter map. Yeah, I figured yeah, that's, what map. The, that's what the kids want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we get our hands of cards here. Where's the deck? We need a deck. We're going base deck on this one. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, sorry, cool kids. Your time is over. No. <laughs> Man, this this red faction nonsense. I'm telling you what, I've seen a couple of tournament games that where it's like uh, four, uh, you know, three red factions and a pink faction <laughs> slugging it out. And man, those a they're really long games because mm -hmm. everyone is stopping the leader. I think there's two games in this, in one day that went to like turn eleven. No, yeah. It's not the only people stopping the leader. It's people pointing each other and calling the, each other the leader because <laughs> they're all red factions. So they all have the potential to be the leader the next turn. And they just assume the other people are. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, it looks like I'm first to pick faction and set up here. And given that this is going to be a bloodbath, I think I'm going to choose the ranger. <laughs> <laughs> You. There's four players, right? Oh so I'm God. okay choosing the Vagabond. I'm going to choose the Vagabond. As the first seat, what do you want? The Vagabond feels like the safest pick? I'm a fourth. Yeah, yeah. First pick, fourth play. Um, I just think, yes, I. everyone else is going to be vulnerable to being beat up on, right. and I can go into the forest and heal. But they're all good at hitting, Sam. Yeah. I guess the cat's less, but. So am I. And uh, and of all the vagabonds, it's the ranger. So that's true. Um, you have to hide out. Yep. All right. And the ranger, if you believe it or not, I'm gonna go with the forest in between the four ruins. So that's uh, between be eleven, point. twelve, eight, and nine. Yep. Yeah. Standard. Pretty standard type of setup there. All right. That's me. As if I was, if I was that player. Yeah. Let's talk about seat two. Oh yeah. Oh right. Oh right, I forgot we're doing. We're this a group. We, we this is a co-op. Uh, so draft. wait, Sam, does that mean you would be fourth player since yes. you picked first? Yes, that's right. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Last player. Okay. So who does second or who does third player choose? Oof. I, I feel mean, like cats aren't getting chosen. Right? I feel like both cats and Lord of the Hundreds are tough picks on these. I feel like Dutchie's a solid like first pick amongst yeah. these four. I almost went Dutchie with Blast. With the last uh, choice there, they obviously have their own mobility with tunnels, but with their tunnels, but and given this faction, this um uh, clearing suit mix, which is nice and balanced, I think Dutchie is a super solid. There's choice. just a hampering yeah. of all three other factions. So yeah, we're gonna say the second player takes the Dutchie. 
No, excuse me. We're going to say the third player takes the duchy. Yeah. The duchy's hand is a mouse ambush followed by a mouse sword, a brutal tactics, a royal claim, and a bake sale. For those of you that may not recognize those, this is from the base deck, which you might remember from <laughs> the year 2018. <laughs> um, here's what I think we do. We throw our whole game, we go for royal claim here. Okay, Sam. Four buildings. Yeah, four tunnels. We just try to rule as many clearings. Um, no. Uh, what's sticking out to me here is the coins. <laughs> That's true. Coins and swords. I don't know. I, I'm thinking that the coins is kind of a trap here. Unless you want to go for clearing three, which could be an okay starting clearing. Yeah, it feels good. I mean, are we going to get away with putting buildings down early? No. Well, then we're hanging on to brutal. We're hanging on to that bake sale for a while. Yeah, that's fine. Or you could pick eleven or twelve as well, and and kind of do the uh, setup checkmate 12. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, Jake, if you make your homeland clearing twelve, then cats. Eerie and Lord of the Hundreds have kind of a weird dilemma. Right. If, for example, I pick the Eerie, I could set up somewhere on the left side of the map, and then that would leave the cats to take the whole northern strip, or the Lord of the Hundreds to take to get like stuck in the north. Mm-hmm. Both of those options leave twelve relatively untouched. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. It's kind of kind of interesting. I think, I think setting up in the middle is a good choice. And hanging here. on to bake sale, hanging on presumably to like an ambush. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And uh, yeah. like maybe a, a brutal tactics. and the mouse card because you can you can sway using the mouse. Yeah. Right. Right. Mouse and rabbit. Your your hand is all about mouse and rabbit because the clearing's near you. I maybe would have gone with eleven because the suit mix nearby was Convenient, slightly better. Yeah. But you have multiple rabbit clearings near you and two rabbit cards in hand, so I get it. Yeah. I get it. I think that's the move. Okay, then if you're the second player, what do you choose in between cats, birds, and rats? Yeah, I think I might have to go Lord of the Hundreds here. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, we got to check these two turtles here. We got moles oh, yeah. and vagabond. I Somebody needs to be throwing the law down. Yeah, I'm going to choose clearing number one. Do you have to do I'm an gonna... edge, right? I do have to do an edge. Yeah, I think, I think right? that's the right call then. It's an edge that is two plus clearings between it and the nearest enemy homeland. That definitely is. That. You're going to be an oppression machine starting out. Yeah, actually, I'm going to go with. Yeah, I thought maybe ten as well, but I think ten might be. I think it's good. I think you want to take okay. that north. Yeah, I just want to lock people out of the north. Yeah. I think because it's going to be the easiest thing for me to. If you can get six and five right away. and then just grow down the side, you know, you just kind of take that L, I think that would look pretty good. Yeah. Yep. So that's it. Lord of the Hundreds. I'm going All for right. it. Now I think we have the hardest collective decision, which is for four. I mean, I think it's birds. I think it's a birds too, but the Marquis, while the Marquis does struggle, it does stop a lot of the early... It doesn't really get in the way of the Lord of the Hunters, does it? I mean... You just it, fodder. It, it does, kind of, but... For a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the the cats always struggle here, whereas the, the Marquis and their, their lack of mobility are a problem, too. They, they're they going to figure it out. This is a pretty good dispersal of suits via clearings. Let's see what the hand would be. What do we have to work with? Good question. 
All right, we've got an anvil. Coins. None of these are really important for the birds, I suppose. Uh, just a ton of craftable items in a fox ambush. Yeah, um, um, th- two, two mouse, two fox, one bird. We got coins, two bags, an anvil, and the ambush. Um, I mean, we could do the cute fox crafting cats. Yeah, for two points. That's just for two points. Then we got an ambush set up in fox too. I mean, where <laughs> the 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 west, the east side, the south side, the south side probably right because the the vagabond's gonna release the ruins for you. Uh, obviously, there's no legal place. Uh, for the Erie to go to, so you just kind of have to like make a call. I feel like four is that call four or six, right? The Erie are locked out because they need to choose a Hamlin clearing on the map edge that has two or more clearings between it and enemy homelands. But given that the moles have set up in 12, the warlord set up in one, that's actually not possible for the Erie dynasty on the winter map hmm. or seven, I suppose. So their options are six, seven, nine, or four. I think you'd go six nine. Six seems bad. Yeah, six, yeah. Six and seven don't feel good to me. Seven is probably doable, but you'd have to... Well, actually, seven is not bad. Four is pretty cool because you can be a recruiting machine, and then you can start to march Yeah, I think in. four is the most connected, the most adjacent to things it that It has matter. one of each adjacent to it, so you've got options. I mean, so does nine, and nine's closer to, like, crossing the halfway. The only problem with four is that you could not go for God of War because there's nobody to battle. Yeah. You'd have to put two cards in move and slow yourself down. Yeah. Whereas if you go nine, you could go God of War. With four crafting cards, this is like Builder Jim's dream. Okay. <laughs> yeah, do you go for a builder can, strat in this? Can, you know, we can okay. make it multiple right, heavies kind of game. Let's talk about Builder here. What would Builder look like? That's not bad, but I think with... You have to Vagabond put this into and build. Lord of the Hundreds in the game. You have to put the bird birdie bindle into build. Okay. And then you're uh, probably using one of these foxes to get out. So you're probably using the ambush as your move. Oh, wait, no. Builder Jim has a move. Yes. Yeah. And a- okay. So you actually, you can just add one. That's okay. Yeah. So yeah, you start out in nine, you move, you build an 11. Yes. Man. Okay. If you're going builder, you might want to set up in seven. Actually, because of the bunnies, because of the bunnies. Yeah, I mean, if you're yeah, going builder, you, you're crafting you craft coins, the points. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's like you might as wow. well do the most points worth. That is an interesting move. This I is don't know. a crazy. I think this might be like I don't like Builder Jim's uh, opening ever, but this is like if there is an opportunity, is today the day? Like, <laughs> wow. I think it is. I mean, I do is. think that would like I think that would give the game to the warlord. If I'm being honest. <sighs> Because look, it would be the, the warlord is such a good position, and the eerie on this right half of the map here. Here's what I think you seven. do as the eerie. You're just like, bro, I live here now. <laughs> Moles, you gotta yeah. go somewhere else. I live here. Go now. get out. I mean, go. It, it, what it does is like if you're gonna do it, I don't think it gives the game to the hundreds, Kyle. Because if you're gonna do it, and if you do it this early, it just sets it sets a different agenda for the game which is like okay the birds did that now what do we do about the hundreds <laughs> yeah yeah okay i yeah, mean that it, makes it's sense. just like i i agree with what you're saying i'm just saying like then you play into that nuance you like you like okay here i am 
now the Lord of the Hundreds exists w- w- unfettered over there. Vagabond, what are you going to do about it? Moles, how are yeah, you going to Yeah, the Vagabond can do a lot. I think he can. Every clearing, they can always stop one clearing of oppression just by being present. He's going to hamstring some of their acquisition of items, too. Yeah. Yep. So, like, you, you have a little bit of play. And, you know, you've got these other... You got a bag, you got a hammer. Like, let's see what you can do. I think this is it. I think this is <laughs> Builder Jim's. This is Builder Jim's moment. Day. Yeah, I think it is too. Wow. I think even if you lose this game pretty handily, you're like, but that's what I should have done. Yeah, like he's gonna turmoil. <laughs> no one's gonna last with Builder Jim. Like we all know it's not gonna it's you're not gonna go away. I week. think he's gonna last. I think he's not going to uh succeed attack and like affect the board in the way you expect from the eerie dynasties. Yeah, that's true. You've got two factions that are kind of holding back and crafting with the moles and the birds at that point. But birds are really good at crafting. I'm just you know? happy to see him get his day. Yeah, that feels like as good of a point to end on it as any. <laughs> but do you all have time for a quick uh, quick trivia game? Ooh. Oh, heck yeah. I have time okay. for a trivia game. Okay. And all I want to do is play a game of Root right now. <laughs> I know. I think that was like part of my... Uh, part of the con i'm like oh okay well now now surely we will play a game of root uh this would be such a juicy setup to have a builder gym <laughs> scenario because now i'm just thinking i'm like could i get away with double inciting <laughs> like going jubilant or something yeah. on, on turn one i feel like i kind of could and just hope for the good rolls but yeah i don't know yeah i've got to try a more mob focused warlord it's something i haven't really played with I don't think it would be great, but it could be interesting. No, especially like, with Vagabond. <laughs> it's like, if you're not playing Despot Infamy, right? I guess even if you are, it's still two points per mob. All right. Well, welcome to the newest trivia segment on Woodland War Machine. This one's called, well, technically, <laughs> where I'm going to read out statements that are incorrect in some way. And the first one to say, well, technically, and tell me why it's wrong, will get the point, all right? I'm just gonna have to be relying on who buzzes in first, okay? Okay. Whoever's delay is shorter. Yes, that's right. Jake being on the same coast as me has a significant advantage. Uh, Here we go, our first, well, technically. Hey friends, if you would like to hear Well Technically, you can join the Patreon over at patreon.com slash goodtimesociety, where we have all the back episodes of Ruperty, along with now Well Technically, online and available for you for any level of support. Thank you to all our Patreons who support Good Time Society and all of our shows. Uh, and stay tuned next week. I can't believe, uh, don't wear socks next Thursday. They might get blown off. Because they will be blown up. There actually is a high report of socks flying through the wind on days like this, right? I whispered the news uh, to my wife, uh, and her I haven't seen her wear socks since. All right? <laughs> She's that blown away. Wow. <laughs> I can do better than that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I whispered the news to my mailman, and this man took a leave of absence from work. Wow. Okay, hold on. I can beat that. In the hospital. I emailed this to my congressman, and they're making it a national holiday. Okay. My congressman is making it a national holiday. You heard it. Totally deserved. Totally deserved. Does that have to pass both chambers of Congress? Uh, I'm not sure. 
I'm just worried about, I, I'm too busy setting up some crazy situation. <laughs> I can't say <laughs> Um, <laughs> we have to be deliberately vague here because things aren't set in stone. Am I getting no, that right? No, things are set in stone. Jake's just a, afraid to announce the stone. <laughs> That's the analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Announcing the stone, a Jake Michaels story. All I know is when the announcement happens, you know what everybody's going to be cheering in the streets. In the capitals of all the major countries in both the Western and Eastern hemispheres? I do. So I had this beer recommended to me, uh, and it's not disappointing right now. It is the New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA. Ooh, Juice Force. Force. This thing is really juicy. We are not sponsored by New Belgium, but I will shout out that I think 90% of the New Belgiums that I've tried have been fantastic. Yeah. They're always good. And Voodoo Ranger especially. There's like a bunch of those. Yeah, yeah they, it started as one ranger, and now there's like a whole squad. Yeah, and they're <laughs> deeply involved in some ritualistic religion. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. That's right. I mean, they're mostly animated skeletons, right? Yeah. They can also exhaust their torch in order to refresh three items without having to go into the forest. Which is Juice cool. force! <laughs> <laughs>